Are you ready? It's that time! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another wonderful, delightful episode of Man, Buns, and Jesus. I'm one of your hosts, Josh Laborious. I'm a pastor out in Southern California. And over there, introducing the topic that I'm still not entirely sure is a good idea, um, Pastor Ben Oschlager, the esteemed reverend from Lake Orion, Michigan. What are we jumping into today, Ben? That was way too much of an introduction for me, but uh, what the esteemed part or the reverend part? One of those is a, a title that I can like legally put on my name now. So the other one. I don't know. Anyway. With how hot it's be it's been lately, you could be steaming. That's that's fair. That's fair. It has been that's not what esteemed means. No, for for any of you studying for your SATs out there. That's not what esteemed means. And if I should, if I'm telling you that, maybe you're not ready to take your SAT. Anyway, uh, so two weeks ago on the podcast, as you're listening to this, a week ago as we're recording this, we had our our mentor and professor, uh, Dr. Joel Bierman, on the podcast to talk about uh, the the two realms. This idea of us as Christians living as citizens both in the kingdom of God and in the civil and in the civil realm and how that creates some interesting dynamics in the way that we have to approach life um and we kind of danced around some things in the midst of that podcast like uh a lot of them political a lot of them um ideological and uh so today we're just firing off hot takes um (laughs) and by firing off hot takes i mean our plan today is basically point out from our perspectives everything that we can possibly within the next half hour 45 minutes see wrong about either the political party of the republicans or the democrats um, and we're going to try and give equal time to both because I, I think I can say this uh, fairly for both of us. We genuinely dislike them both relatively equally. Um, I consider are... myself thoroughly apathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't dislike either party. I dislike some individuals in either party, but I okay. just don't care <laughs> um anyway neither one of these we're, we're gonna spend the next hour talking about things that you're really not supposed to talk about yeah with, uh, other people so yep luck so, up, uh, folks if you don't like sitting at your thanksgiving table with uh, the people in your life who like talking politics you're really gonna hate this podcast <laughs> You should listen to it anyway, though. I think it'll oh, yeah. be worthwhile. Yeah. All right. Um, Gosh, do we, do we want to do this by by uh, 
by topic or do we want to do this by party? I think we do this by topic. I think we should, but I think it would be fair for us to. How do I say this? Give some background of where we're coming from as individuals. Okay, that's fair. So what I will share with everybody, like I said, currently, as it stands, I'm very apathetic toward both political parties. I can I can understand why a faithful Christian would align either way. With that being said, right, um, I was raised and in a very conservative household, right? Um, I, during undergrad, I listened to a lot of Ben Shapiro. I still, I, um, I don't really listen to him anymore, but I, I still actually have a lot of respect for him. I think he has a lot of um, intellectual integrity in how he approaches things. So like, I am, I am coming from a more right-wing background. That, that's not like, like I keep, like I said, and I'm going to keep saying, I don't, um, I don't really subscribe to either party today. But if I have a preference or a soft spot or a leaning, it's going to be for the conservative side of things. Ghost agrees with me. If you heard that, that's my dog in the background being a dork. Um, that was that my, fair. Was, can I still be a pastor to everyone in my congregation? Having said that, I think so. Yeah, I hope so. So, um, I'm gonna come out a little spicier here. Um, I have a genuine dislike for both of the major political parties in the United States. Um, and and here's why: I grew up like Josh, fairly conservative. Um, we had to take a. a like a questionnaire thing in my high school civics class. And I was the most right-leaning guy in said class. And then like. What happened to you? I don't know. Things. College. Things and stuff. Ah, oh, college. That's how they Basic, get you. Like my views are, are very much the same. The way that I approach them is, is very different. Um, I think that for the most part, both political parties have fallen into the like consumerist, individualist, um, very like relativist approach to society and ideology that America loves to trumpet. And so there are a handful of individuals within each party that I like um, and that I would vote for without too much hesitation. Um, but I have to do a lot of, of uh, reckoning and, and, and prayerful angst uh, uh, wrestling every time that I go to the ballot box because I don't know. I just don't, I really don't like the state of modern politics in the United States. Um, at this point, I consider myself relatively centrist, um, holding a lot of still relatively cons uh, conservative views, but not like not approaching them very often remotely in the same direction as the the more conservative of the two major parties. 
if that makes sense. I think so. I think it makes sense. So kind of with now you guys know the bias, I guess we're approaching this from. Uh, I think kind of a fair catch all way to describe us is we're we're disillusioned conservatives. Is that that's a that's a great way to put it, Josh. Um, and and more foundationally than that, I think I can speak for both of us. We aren't approaching things with any sort of party loyalty. We're approaching things from a perspective of what is faithful, and how can I best serve that, that support that yeah um because that is truly what matters mm -hmm. right it is not the political party it is not their the affiliation whatever that might be it is what is more faithful mm -hmm. and that is what our concern is and i genuinely believe that is how as christians we should approach things and we talked about that a couple weeks ago with dr bierman mm -hmm. like stop thinking about things as an american or as a republican or as a democrat or as any of these other worldly titles think about things first and foremost as a christian and after that you can take other can like you can think about like other things after you consider things as a christian right if two, if two things are equal as christians from a Christian perspective, then I don't care how you make your decision. I shouldn't, I probably care for some decisions, but like, like if you're at a, at a restaurant and you're choosing between a chicken sandwich and a burger from a Christian perspective, right? There's, there is not a difference there. So if you want to flip a coin, go for it. If you want to make a healthy, if you want to make your decision based on a health thing or a diet thing or, or, you know, whatever one, has more avocado on like i don't care how you make your decision as long as the first and foremost consideration is the faith yep um, so with that being said let's uh one, let's one more disclaimer one more disclaimer there like are 20 minutes of disclaimers yes i know there's there are going to be issues where i think both like the democrats and the republicans could feasibly create a Christian argument for their approach. It might hurt your head to hear that, but I think there are plenty of places where that's true. Um, I don't know if we're going to talk about any of them today, but uh, yeah. So no, no, K-N-O-W, that as we talk about this, like, we are equal opportunity offenders and we are uh, equal opportunity uh, promoters because we don't care whose party or whose idea it is as long as we think it's faithful. Yeah. So I think what I'm going to say outright is I think the, the extremes of both parties are just flat out in the wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. So on when I kind of picture a quintessential far right individual, right? Let's maybe or, not do that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm picturing someone who 
um, is and and maybe if you're if you're on the right you might disagree with this but the popular conception is far right you have uh, Christian nationalists you have um, groups like the KKK you you kind of have white supremacy gets lumped in with the far right um, and that stuff is not faithful right that's not how we're called to think about or treat our neighbors you're outright or I think alt-right is the term they use the alt-right like a lot of the things they say are just to provoke arguments and and create division no like that's you shouldn't be doing that right we should be seeking to live peaceably with one another we should be seeking to show love and compassion and forgiveness to each other and oddly enough, the, the far left, I think, falls into a lot of the same categories. It's just the groups they choose to hate mm -hmm. are different. Mm -hmm. But they're, they're still driven very much by uh, aggression and division and hatred. And so I'm thinking, like, far left BLM. So I know, like, there are some moderate BLM, like, there, there's a spectrum of people who get involved with the Black Lives Matter movement. But, like, the very far side that's like looting things and destroying things like we we talked about this previously that's wrong right correct you shouldn't be doing stuff like that or um people on the far left that advocate for extreme sexual freedom we shouldn't be doing that marriage is reserved for um for marriage did I say marriage is reserved for marriage? I meant sex is reserved for marriage. I need to drink more of this coffee. Um, <laughs> and and marriage is between a man and one man and one woman, right? Mm -hmm. So like on both extremes, you, they're making mistakes. Mm -hmm. You're not being faithful to what God has called us to be. Um, that's where I want to start is like Im immediately the, the far sides of either side are, are off and they're doing mm -hmm. things they probably shouldn't be doing. They yeah, definitely I, shouldn't be doing. I, and I think two things that are, are relevant to this discussion today, um, statistically and I mean, just by the eye test, um, the the extremes are becoming larger, more vocal, and more influential uh, in politics more recently. Um, and that's why, like, it's important for us to reckon with this more than we have than we used to have to, um, because it is more of a problem than it was 15, 20, 30 years ago. Um, not to say it wasn't ever an issue then, like certainly you know, the KKK has existed for 150, 200 years. So like it has been a problem, but um, it's not like it's, it's new, but it's also new in a different way. So as we dive into this, uh, I'll reiterate the question because I forgot your answer. Do you want to do this by? Uh... I think we should do this by topic. Okay. 
I think that's right. a better a better way to approach things. Okay. So let's let's start with one that's maybe less offensive. Taxation. I was thinking the same thing. Cool. Okay, uh you ready for my spicy take? Sure. I don't I you might not agree with this. Um so first of all, I don't think you should be able to vote on tax on anything that has to do with taxes if you are one of those people who doesn't figure out your tip because you don't understand math. If you say, oh, I'm not a math person, right? Like you have no place talking about taxes because you don't, under <laughs> don't understand what is being done. So my take on taxes, there should be a flat percentage tax. If we're talking about what is fair, I, I genuinely believe, you know, you say take 10% off whatever. And people are like, that's not fair. That favors the wealthy. I'm like, do you have any concept of how much more 10% of a million dollars is than 10% of $30,000? Right? Like, they are paying more. They're paying a lot more. But if you if you grade the variance, which I, I genuinely believe part of the reason that is done is because people don't understand how percentages work the the wealthier you are the more of the, the higher ratio you have to contribute at and and i don't think that's fair so like the i think the the left's approach to taxation tends to be more um tax the wealthy and i and i'm, and I'm sitting there thinking i'm not wealthy i pro i'm never going to be wealthy but that doesn't strike me as fair because they've and, and you know it you could assume that maybe they got their wealth in a in a shady way um i i choose to assume that you know maybe they had a good idea or they worked hard they shouldn't be punished for that i think they should have to pay their fair share which is going to be more than the fair share of someone who is on a minimum wage but um I don't think we should go above and beyond to take as much as we can, which is the left's take. And then the right tends to treat them as like treat them maybe more kindly than they should um, with tax breaks and stuff like that. And I'm like, let's let's do something that's fair for everyone. And I I genuinely believe if you do that you're actually going to end up better off because what happens when you tax wealthy people at an insane rate is these are smart people. These, you know, you don't get super rich by accident. You, you might get rich by accident, but you don't get Elon Musk levels of rich by accident, right? They're going to find a way to hide their money. They're going to find a way to not have to pay their taxes. But if you approach it fairly, I genuinely believe you're going to have less of that going on because they're not feeling persecuted. So you're not going to have people finding loopholes in the tax system. They're, you're just people are just going to pay their fair share. Um, I like I, I, I understand that everyone like there are going to be people that find loopholes. But like as it stands now, if I was suddenly wealthy, I would ask my accountant, how do I make sure I. I minimize my taxes if the rate was was 
kind of equitable across the board, I wouldn't ask that question. Well, at least theoretically. Like I said, I've never had the pressure of wealth to have to deal with. Um, the burden of wealth, whatever. So what do you think, Ben? I think you're a hopeless optimist. Um, <laughs> I So here's the that's thing. That's not on brand from, that's twice, that's two episodes in a row. What's, yep. what's going on here? Yeah. Maybe we're What's in my coffee. You're doing your brand. Um, That's not right. I like my brand. Anyway, I so looking at the way that that we do taxes in the United States, like our current system tends to be a uh, a balance between some sort of a straight flat tax and an extreme graduated system. I think where it's at right now is kind of the the like it's a graduated system but it's kind of a balanced one so there's not it's not overly uh harsh on on the extremely extremely wealthy and it's not yeah i think um you're right i i i don't have a huge problem with how it stands now I, my problem is more where each side wants to take it. So here's the thing. I think. Okay. So I, I just quick looked up the, the, the brackets. If, mm -hmm. if you want to. So the lowest tax rate is, uh, is 10%. Yep. Um, that's up to like $40,000 or something like that. $9,950. What is it? It goes up to $9,950. Oh, yeah, yeah. 12% goes up to 40000 That's where I was 20. at. But if you're in the highest income bracket, it's up to 37%. That is a large percentage of your income. Um, but at that point, you're also making enough sur uh, surplus income. Like That's that's true you're not getting taxed 37 percent on all of your income just the the part that falls in that bracket which is part of the the beauty of the american tax system for as stupid as it is um well that's the other thing i think we'd save a lot of money if we simplified the whole dang thing I, there's some truth to that i so here here's my thing on taxes I think everyone who's trying to change the tax code is just greedy. Whether it's someone trying to turn it into a flat tax, that is often driven by wealthy people wanting to be wealthier. There's a lot of greed there. <laughs> if it's uh, somebody who is um, maybe not as well off and is desiring a, a heavier taxes on the well on the wealthy. Um, that's not you, I don't think. That's not me. Um, that's oftentimes driven by a desire to be more like those wealthy people, and so there's greed. Right, they're there looking too. for a redistribution of some sort. Yeah, exactly. Or like that though that the money taken from those people then ends up somehow, you know peripherally benefiting this person in their life like maybe it went to repave their roads or give them a new park or something um which there's some biblical elements to that too but 
I'm not advocating for socialism before anyone freaks out. Basically, that's a separate I, episode. We're going to get there. Capitalism yeah. versus socialism. We're going to get there eventually. Yeah, that'll that'll be another one that gets us fired. Um, basically, <clears throat> basically, like, I think right now we're at a compromise between people who are greedy because they want the wealth of the wealthy, people who are greedy because as someone who is wealthy, they want more wealth. And it pisses everyone off, which means it's perfect. <laughs> um, and like, I don't think there's a, a, a necessarily more or less fair way that you could do this because ultimately I don't, this is maybe a personal interpretation of scripture, but like, I don't think it's good for us as Christians to advocate for the wealthy to become wealthier unless we know that like those people are going to use their wealth to benefit the least of these. And so if we see a bunch of people, and especially in a society where we have a voice, if we see a bunch of people just hoarding wealth, I'm happy to say, hey, let's take some of this and put it into programs that are going to help the least of these. Um, but then on the flip side, if we see a bunch of people who are perfectly well off, who are saying, hey, I need more money, like, there's a level of greed there too, and we can say no to that. So what do we do with taxation? I think we just leave it. <laughs> I, I have had an idea that I think I... Um... And this, this is not practical. I'm throwing this out there, but I know this okay. will never happen. Um, just because we're not logistically capable of pulling something like this off. Mm -hmm. But I think you take... Um, I guess, so this is... Um, you take the fundamental needs of society like very ba like very very basic roads utilities um and police fire departments first responders that that is covered by taxes none of the extra stuff no funding for grants no funding for um for welfare, no, so, like none of the extra stuff, just the basic needs of society. And that is funded by taxes. And the rest, there is a system set up. Like you could just use Venmo, use Venmo. And if you think something is important, you can put money to it, right? So it, I know there, there was a lot of flack coming out because some bill had managed to put in a ton of money, like a federal bill had managed to put in a ton of money for some like performing arts center in California or something like, and I'm like, that's absurd, right? If it is so important, if, if people believe that it's so important to have funding for this performing arts, whatever, give them an opportunity, like just give money to it. Don't run that stuff through the government. You, if you believe welfare should be supported, 
give to your church and say, church, we need to take care of the people in our community who are have fallen on rough times, right? Like that's, I mean, this is just a hopeless point. optimist speaking again. Oh, right. Like, like I, I prefaced all this saying, like, this could never work. <laughs> but I think in an idealized society, like in an idealized Christian society where neighbors cared for neighbors, churches cared for the least of these in their communities, like, would this be how we want society to operate? Absolutely. Like, if the government this... is literally just there for infrastructure and defense, right yes yes great but and and frankly i think we live in a simple world more messy than that so in an ideal world if the church has done its job and christians do their job i think the need for programs like welfare and and social security and food stamps disappear entirely Mm -hmm. you don't need help from the government if your church or your neighbor is supporting you If I see my neighbors having a tough time and I have the means to do so, I say, hey, let me pay for your groceries. Sounds like we're moving on to welfare. Is that where we want to go? Sure. Um, I, uh, do you want me to, do you want me to roll here first? So like the thing that we've been laying out in the last five minutes is very much the idealized like view of welfare systems in this country there are a lot of people especially on the conservative side of the political spectrum especially within the republican party who say um we don't need welfare systems there are so many nonprofits and churches that will take care of the least of these we're fine the truth is in a lot of circumstances especially in like food programs and uh, housing programs and um, healthcare programs, especially with the cost of healthcare these days, like churches and nonprofits can't keep up. There was a, a sarcastic video made, I don't know, a few years ago. It was a college humor video. It was one of their like CEO of, you know, X company is giving updates on his company. He's like, the CEO is having a slow realization that GoFundMe was no longer a site to like crowdsource fund projects, but now it was just a way to pay people's medical bills. Um, and on some level, that's like a little too true. Um, and that the same thing happens in housing, the same thing happens in, in food shortages, the same thing happens in, you know, childcare, uh, education, um, there are shortages of these things all over the country um, and places where the church at this point in time is just incapable of doing more because we don't have the manpower. We don't have the money in a lot of cases. Um, and so in the interim, is it bad to advocate for the government to step into some of these roles? I don't think so, but I think we need to be careful about how we do that. And so, Josh, you want to speak to that? Well, I, I think both sides deserve to get smacked a little bit on welfare. Oh, absolutely. Because, but at the same time, I think both sides have a fair point. Um, kind of the, the more 
democratic take of like, we need to support welfare programs because people need it. I think there's, there's undoubtedly some truth to that. Mm-hmm. And I am not, and I, I am not convinced that if you reduce tax rates to stop funding welfare, um, I'm not convinced that churches would see a sudden influx of giving, mm-hmm. right? Like if, if your taxes get cut in half, I don't think you're putting that money to the church. There's Josh, the pessimist. So the reality, uh, that's realism, bruh. Come on. Uh, and that's on yes, brand. Tech yes, sir. Um, so there is a reality that, like, if I was on the left and I'm speaking, that's Ghost has a squeaky toy. That could be regrettable. Uh, <laughs> If I'm on the left, my comment is, if, if churches and nonprofits can handle it, prove it, right? Like kill welfare by stopping people from going into the office, not like forcibly, but like make it so they have no need to mm-hmm. apply for welfare. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the ones that like kind of building up the left a little bit. But on the flip side, I think the right has some really valid points that the system gets abused mm-hmm. my my mom i hope i'm allowed to tell this story so my mom worked at a pregnancy resource center when i was in high school um like they, they would go into hospitals and especially with first-time moms and single moms they would provide resources they'd say like here are parenting classes you can go to here are things that your kid needs here's like like helping them out giving and and they were providing that support but she would talk to parents who were knowingly and very deliberately abusing welfare systems, right? She talked to kids who were moms way before they should have been moms. And it came like, if, if you ask them, you know, why, why did you get pregnant? Their response is, oh, it was my turn to bring in the welfare checks. So like there, there's a reality and the right, I think is correct in pointing this out that like, even if churches and nonprofits were handling everything, there would still be people who would go and apply for welfare to abuse the system and, and to get things that they don't need or, or get effort. Like I grossly oversimplify this whole thing. Probably, well, I hold on. Give me, give me like thirty more seconds. Go for it. Because um, unemployment's the same thing, right? There are people who apply for jobs so they can continue to get unemployment, um, but they go in and they tank the interview, right? Because they they don't want to work. They want to just make sure they keep getting the unemployment checks. So both sides are right in a certain in a certain lens. Um, and I, I don't know what we're supposed to do about it, but yeah. So <laughs> there, there's my 30 seconds, Ben. My, my gross oversimplification. Republicans don't like carrots. Democrats don't like sticks. Yeah. Like, so the, the image there, the analogy being um, when you're trying to capture a rabbit, 
There's two ways to do it, either with a carrot, something to entice them, or a stick, something to frighten them. Um, and the best methods use both. Our current political system has a party that says, let's only use sticks, and there's a political party that says, let's only use carrots. And neither one of them is willing to use the other. And that's where like, it becomes either really easy to abuse the system or really easy for the system to not actually achieve the goals that it's designed to fulfill. Yeah. And, and something, this kind of touches on both of the things we've touched so far and something that got mentioned, but we haven't touched. Um, if you're listening to this thinking and you're frustrated by it, um, because you think, well, with a little planning, people can take care of this stuff. And by that, I mean, you know, unemployment helps if you lose your job suddenly. Well, the comment is, well, you should, you should have saved up an emergency fund to, to make sure that if you lost your job, you would have money of your own to, to take care of for a while. I understand that argument. I mean, I have the same comment with, with car insurance right if the money that i pay for car insurance every month if i were to just bank that then if my car got in a wreck i would probably have enough saved up to take care of i mean probably not the medical bills that might be entailed there but um <clears throat> and i get that i under i hear you and i I've, I've had that thought myself but the reality is the reality is a lot of people don't have those kind of planning skills Right. And Don't you can also say, well, well, I, I, yeah. 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 Especially so, a lot of the people the, living around the margins of society, they don't necessarily have those opportunities. Or it's, yeah. I, I think that that is true in some cases, but I think there are also a lot of cases where people, say why would i put a hundred dollars a month away toward an emergency fund when i could be paying for my new iphone or something like that so right there are like we've kind of demonstrated there are a lot of cases both directions for and against welfare programs that are made well and made poorly by republicans and democrats the reality is i think in in all cases you're assuming too highly of people mm -hmm. right because the left is assuming oh people aren't going to take advantage of the system come on now yeah they are and the right's assuming well everybody can like take steps in their life to prevent this and <laughs> you greatly overestimate the average intelligence of the american individual right like Daniel Tosh has a comedy skit uh, talking about unemployment rates. And he's like, 94% of Americans are employed. And he's like, and we're, we're, we're saying like, that's not enough. And he's standing there thinking, 94% of you people don't deserve to be employed. And I hear that joke and I'm like, well, I mean, there is some truth there. Like if I think of 94% of all the people I know, I'm like, I wouldn't hire 94% of you. That's a little high. <laughs> that is a little high. I'd, I'd maybe hire 75% of, of all the people I know. Maybe.
And that's only if I had some like menial idiot proof jobs that I could fill with some of them. Anyway, that's that's a tangent. We we gotta do we gotta go uh, speed round here. So in case we hit, haven't pissed you off yet, let's hit the. Hot I say button. that is that yeah. peachy. I'm I'm well. I think at this point we each take an issue. We we'll go back and forth a couple of times. We do both sides, and if we need to address the other person's briefly, we can. But we got to keep it to like a minute apiece. Okay. You ready? You I'm gonna do. A, I got abortion. So on the right. Banning abortion is a great, great thing from our Christian perspective because we believe in the sanctity of the life of those of those unborn children. On the flip side of that, the the democratic argument that oftentimes we're not doing enough to support moms has a lot of weight. We need to listen to that. Josh, what you got? Um this one is more one sided well it's less one sided than it used to be but uh gay marriage mm-hmm. um i don't even know if it's really prevalent anymore because it's so unpopular but the republicans used to kind of stand for traditional marriage i think less of them are willing to stick by those guns now but that's a good thing that we uphold traditional marriage from a law and justice perspective um and this is one of the topics i kind of got to give single handedly to the to the right i think the the left um maybe does better at at saying hey we need to treat uh people who are struggling with this sin like people um but where it stands now i don't think that's an issue anymore well i shouldn't say that that's not a mainstream issue anymore Uh but there are some people on the right who are still willing to say like marriage should still only be between a man and a woman um and that's that's reality. That's what we can confess and teach. So, immigration. Um, we need to care for the strangers, the sojourners, the foreigners in our midst. That's scriptural. Uh, if they are amongst the least of these, if they are truly in need of help, it is our duty and responsibility as Christians to care for them. Um, The, there are a lot of caricatures made about people that are coming to this country that are racist and very unchristian. Um, I think it's possible to uphold a, a desire to have a, a strong and organized border while still advocating for, you know, significant changes to our immigration system that allow more people who are truly in need of a safer and you know better place to live to get here more easily um so i give i give the the right some credit for wanting an organized and and controlled way to know who's here i give the left a lot of credit for seeing the humanity and people who uh are desiring to be here um and I certainly think we need to do better. Josh? Um, I'm gonna go with uh, kind of a blanket category, handing money out. Uh, Stimulus falls into this, Um, anything that actually mainly stimulus where they just sent checks to people. Um, I don't really 
this is this i think is less of a theological issue but it's it's money is a product like anything else and if you reduce the scarcity it's worthless that's supply and demand so like it i i think everyone who said yeah stimulus is a good idea which there were people on the right and the left that said that i appreciated my stimmy checks i really did i paid off debt with them it was great there's a reason inflation has gotten so bad you made money worth less because there's more of it. That's just, that's just reality, right? Um, so I smack in both sides. You both, you needed to make it look like you were doing something to help people and you messed up. You did something that we shouldn't have done. Uh, I'm gonna go with guns because, <laughs> thanks Josh. Uh, if you're just listening, those were finger guns, not real guns. <laughs> yes. So in case you were confused by my pew 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 sound. <laughs> um on the right, like we don't all need access to all guns. I don't think that's necessarily true. Uh on the left, like I think there's some some fair criticisms of the ways that uh The, the most convincing, you know, argument I've heard for, for keeping some firearms is, is on the protective side. Like if you're going to, if there are bad guys who have access to high powered weapons, at least have good guys with access to high powered weapons. But like, I think the most realistic answer to all of this is there's no such thing as a true good guy with a gun. We're all just sinners with a gun. Like, um, I think limiting the number of high powered weapons that are available is probably the best way to go but i don't know if there's a strong scriptural answer to all of this that like is completely convincing and satisfying to everyone so this is one where i think like we just need to have lots of conversations about it and and find a, a genuine middle josh um i'm gonna go with healthcare. Uh, okay This is one, uh, I think both parties are underqualified to talk about. <laughs> this actually, this probably applies to a lot of issues, but the reality is politicians are voting on things that they are not experts in, and the people who are informing them, who are whispering in their ear, have agendas, right? One way or the other. So I think in reality, healthcare is one of those areas where I'm like, the government really doesn't have the tools it needs to, to support this. And I think it's problematic when something like healthcare gets politicized, which is almost inevitable as soon as they start talking about it in Congress. It's, it's a political issue now. Um, so I, I think this is another one I'm going to smack both sides and just say like, you need to let actual experts deal with this what that practically looks like i don't know and that ship is probably long sailed but um yeah you i'm guessing you have something to add on healthcare, or no yeah i was just gonna say on? there's a lot like at this point there's a lot of corporate greed in there so like the big thing that we should be pushing for 
I think as Christians is just a way to reel in the the like money making machine that is the healthcare industry. Um, not necessarily, you know, knocking doctors for making a lot of money. They go through a lot of education and a lot of long hours to get to where they're at. Um, but like a lot of the uh, medical, like the the pharmaceutical companies, the medical or equipment uh, companies, uh, health insurance companies, hospital organizations, like they maybe do a little better than they should. We need to find ways to reel that in. Um, and I think, I mean, when it's a life or death kind of thing like healthcare, I think it's fair to say that there's something wrong there. Um, where was I going to go next? Oh yeah. The environment, the environment. Um, I'm going to smack both sides again, uh, just cause we like doing that. Uh, smacking the right because like we as humans can have an impact on our climate. We need to acknowledge that and we need to do something about it. Smacking I, the left. Can I throw something in there? Hang Even on. more fundamentally than that, we're called to take care of creation. Also, yes. Smacking the left, stop being a doomsdayist. It's not that bad yet. Like, yes, we are having an impact, but Florida is not imminently in danger of drowning tomorrow. We have ways that we can do this. Let's hey, sit down at the table and talk. Don't you challenge Florida man like that. <laughs> Headline tomorrow, Florida man somehow creates tsunami whirl, whirlpool, sucks the entire state down, blames one podcaster from Michigan. Yeah. Um, I'll let you go last. This could be our last one. Oh, I think that might be our last one. I don't know if I have any other hot buttons to to touch on. You uh, sure? I feel like we got to be able to find something. I I'm just going to close with a general how politicians treat each other. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Because the, the the rumor is, and I don't know if this is true, obviously. But like a lot of the fighting and the arguments and everything else is for show. They do an interview and they smack each other around a little bit with words. And then they go and, you know, they, they all go to the same bar, right? Show me uh, you guys at the same bar, like be friends, have, have me like have relationships with each other um, that are healthy and have discussions that are kind and, so this is again i gotta smack both sides like be excellent to each other in the in the words of bill and ted like just <laughs> those great philosophers just, just don't be a jerk like stop it right and left like y'all being be nice to each other it's kindergartners can manage it for the most part why can't you so takeaways I my biggest takeaway is I hope that I don't catch any flack for this from anybody no that's that's not um my biggest takeaway is is kind of what we started this with 
don't think about yourself as I am a Republican or I am a Democrat or, or I am whatever. You are a baptized child of God. Start there. Mic drop. It's a good one. And I'm going to uh, back that up with uh, when it comes to politics, like, let's criticize everything. If there Just is be as negative as possible. Well, yeah, basically. But no, like if there is a politician that you like more than the other one, whatever the election may be, whatever the circumstances might be, if there is something that your candidate does or that your candidate stands for that is not that is not a, a solidly you know, Christian value. Criticize it. Be honest about it. Our politicians are incredibly fallible. They're sinful humans like the rest of us. Let's acknowledge that and let's talk about them that way. They are not heroes. They are not superheroes. They are not invincible. Yeah, that's it. Josh? I, I just, a couple things with that, because I don't want anyone to take that in a direction different than you meant it. By them being fallible, that, I mean, they're also people that deserve grace. Yeah. So treat them with forgiveness and, and kindness and compassion. Um, don't go in and, and, and break up their dinners. Yeah. Right? That's not cool. I wouldn't like it if someone did that to me. Don't do it to them. Um, but also you're saying you should love in, your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Keep in <laughs> mind the eighth commandment, right? Like yeah. it seems a little hard, but if a brother sins against you, you're supposed to go and talk to them about it. Not talk about how much of an idiot they are on social media. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of both it, sides it, of the same coin there. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm coming at this from a, like, we, we hold people on a pedestal and we shouldn't. And Josh is accurately pointing out how my my words can say, or are, are able to be flipped. But yeah, when we disagree with someone, we got to be human and kind to them. Yeah, don't, I just, don't take Ben's words in a spirit different than they were intended. Yeah. Uh, prayer Thanks, requests, Josh. pray for... Uh, especially, you know, I hate saying this because we're, we're what, two years away from the next presidential election, but it's almost campaign season, y'all. <laughs> pray, pray that the country would get less divided, not more. Um, and pray for politicians, pray that, uh, pray for the American population that we would be more gracious than than we have been, um, all, all these kind of things. Just and pray for wisdom as you're making your political decisions, whatever they are, and pray that the Holy Spirit would keep your identity as a child of God first and foremost in your mind. Um, so, and if on any of these things 
you think we're wrong. You think that we might have missed something. Totally possible. Come talk to us. Bring scriptural evidence as to why you think that's the case. But come talk to us. Yeah. Um, and kind of speaking of that, we do have a Facebook page. Uh, it's not really our priority. I think we post exactly once a week, and that's when a new episode comes out. But if you don't know us personally, that's a good place to reach out. You can message us on that page. Um, you can post a comment on that page. And that's if, like, if you have a question or a comment or a concern from one of our podcasts, you can do that there. Um, but also, if you have a topic you want us to dive into, let us know. We're we're happy. We have a pretty long list at this point, and we don't go through it in order. <laughs> we we go down the list and we say, well, which one of these do we want to do today? So if you've given us a hard topic, it might be a while before we actually pick it. Um, or if you want to come on the show, we we welcome any and all to come on the show. And uh, so that's our Facebook page. What's more important is we have a podcast. And you just listen to it, the whole thing. Good for you. Um, we're on all major podcasting platforms. Go ahead and subscribe on your favorite one. By this point, I think we should be on Pandora. By the time this episode releases, we should be released on Pandora. Um, subscribe. That makes sure that you get a notification when we have a new episode, but also gives us a little bit of validation that people actually like want to listen to us and it's worth the time we put into this so with all those shameless plugs out of the way i think we're we're done for the day brothers and sisters go in peace serve the lord thanks be to god